Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Telford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. It's not raining, it's not pouring, it's Scott Telford here. Welcome, Scott. <laughs> Welcome to yourself and Josh Brown. Hello there, fellas. How are you doing? Pretty damn good. Now, we thought we'd check in on... Uh, we might end up doing more of these uh, in the weeks coming forward. In the weeks coming forward, in the weeks that will be arriving in the future, depending on what other news items pop up. We're just going to leave ourselves free and easy to drop in on whatever happens across the gaming industry. But we thought we might try and check in on the three major companies you know, across the industry themselves, that being uh, PlayStation or Sony PlayStation, uh, Xbox, and Nintendo. So we're going to start with PlayStation stuff. We're going to see exactly where they are, talk about their plans for 2022, um, and just sort of check in on where they're at at the start of the this year considering it's a big old weird dry month but there's a ton of stuff scheduled for february and march and not that much after that there's a lot of space to be filled and um, which is also to say that the first thing to talk about is the fact that we've kind of happened upon this before we started recording but sony don't have a single first party console ps5 exclusive for the rest of the year they have tons of third party exclusives where they've paid for stuff some of these are timed exclusives and um, the likes of forspoken ghostwire tokyo final fantasy 16 maybe final fantasy 7 remake part 2 um, so they're very much propped up by their third-party deals, and obviously they'll do all sorts of different deals when Call of Duty and everything comes around again. But where are you guys on that sort of revelation? What do you guys think of, like, I guess Ben Roy first, like, what do you think of the um, the first-party lineup being so barren this year? It's, it's weird because it's barren, but then it's also not because, like, you, we, they, they're, we, they're leaning on the PS4 crutch, in there. They're leaning yes. on how many billion PS4s are out in the wild. And as much as I would like to be like... I'm taking a very diplomatic approach to this as much as I would like to be annoyed by certain things. At the same mm-hmm. time, if the chips are all blockaded in one section of the world and we can't get those chips around everywhere and they're all being grabbed for, whether it be, I don't know, your fridge, a car, or just something else. Yeah. yeah, just anything that wants one of those. Maybe Amiibos one day will all need those chips as well. <laughs> but it's... um, it, 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 I've probably not got the hot take, but I Sony have got some of the goods coming, so I'm mm. kind of happy of that. And there's, I don't know, I, I can't be one or the other if that's that's weird for me to say. I think, well, see, the thing like is, I'm being right. paid by Jim Ryan himself. 
No, I think one thing, like the overall thing for me is like this weird kind of feeling of acceptance for the state of the industry. Like it feels like, although we're going to get, like I said, February and March is going to have a lot of awesome things in it. Um, it still feels like overall it's going to be 2023 before things kick, kick back in in full, or at least something approximating in 2018, 2019 in terms of the overall uh, schedule. So I'm kind of just, I'm, I'm going back and forth on how much I can accept that. I'm going to have to, but like just that general feeling. Um, and, but yeah, I think it is like an interesting um, statement on where Sony are at, that they just, like, like Ben Roy said they're doubling down on the ps4 stuff they announced that they're going to have another million ps4s for sale loads of their ps5 games were made cross compatible the likes of gran turismo 7 and obviously god of war and uh, horizon are both coming to ps4 as well and um, which has a weirdly for me muted feeling on what the ps5 represents but josh what do you think of the i guess what do you think of all that stuff so far um first off it did blow my mind realizing yesterday that they have no first party and um, ps5 game at mm. least that they've announced so far mm-hmm. but similar to ben roy i'm kind of diplomatic on it and i can't get too angry about it because the games that they do have coming out the first party exclusives that they do have coming to ps4 and ps5 mm-hmm. are so exciting and they are such big names you know we've got some absolutely crazy hitters with horizon mm-hmm. with gran turismo with god of war um, and they're certainly going to keep me interested. There's certainly going to be things that I definitely, definitely jump in and play. But on the other side of that, as someone who owns a PS5 and is waiting for PS5 dedicated games to release from the first party, mm-hmm. it sucks that they don't have at least one announced so far. Yeah, we've got some third party and some second party exclusives coming to the PS5 that I'm sure are going to be exciting as well. But, you know, I look back on last year, I look at Returnal, which was PS5 only. I look at Demon Souls the year before that. Like, those experiences are the ones that have stayed with me personally. Mm-hmm. And to not have a marquee title like that to look forward to maybe towards the end of the year at the time of recording that's a shame especially when we've got xbox who actually has that you know we'll get into more of that if we do do a podcast on them in future weeks but they Mm -hmm. do have at least a couple of xbox series x and s exclusives from their first party studios coming and that's just kind of weird where a few years ago you know it seemed like this outcome was going to be flipped it felt like sony was going to go all in on first party ps5 games and xbox were going to hold off a little bit Mm -hmm. but that hasn't really happened that's the weird thing like i said they uh sony doubled down on the whole one million more ps4s thing whilst uh, almost within the same week it sort of came out that microsoft discontinued all versions of the xbox one at the end of 2021 so if you want an xbox now obviously going forward it's the series systems it's the new generation which like i would argue is the way to go obviously they have the whole stuff with backwards compatibility and operating uh, making titles work on uh, the whole family of xboxes but at some point you know like we all bought into this new generation whether it was launched early or not and obviously there's the pandemic and everything else but i think that side of it is kind of just interesting being like oh we're gonna have to wait until there's stuff that truly justifies what the systems can do um we should talk about um god of war versus or with horizon forbidden west just for a bit because where are you guys are on both those games like i sort of mentioned before that i feel that the hype towards those games is quite muted by the fact that they're cross compatible um and i don't know if that's just a, like a general sentiment like i i definitely feel that i just feel like i'm like well they're sort of i'm like default excited i want to see what happens in those stories but i feel like because they are um you know made with ps4 in mind i feel like a lot of the um ps5ness of those games is going to be you know better frame rates better resolution maybe a bit of background detail um like i was there was a quote from um one of the horizon developers talking about forbidden west on the ps5 and they just said that the uh, the water will be more immersive and i'm just like it's all it's going to be stuff like that where i'm like <laughs> okay sure like i mean i'd take the best version of the game but i don't feel like it's going to be that much of a showcase of what the system can do can i bridge the gap between that and just the last but for a, a yes. moment because i feel like like are we entering a new point when like jump to generations are almost non-existent in a way because mm. if you think about it before 
Xbox, they took the original Xbox and put a, a, a cartridge back. They put a bullet in the back of that head as soon as the 360 <laughs> came out, and that was yeah. dead, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, PlayStation kept the PS2 around for a while. And it seems to be on the Sony side, it only seems to be an artificial sort of like uh, cap because they did the um, cell processor, which mucked a lot of things up for everyone. And then when they got away from that, it felt like another jump because things couldn't carry across so easily so mm-hmm. it feels like there's a weird sort of like uh artificial step there and then like with all these microsoft exclusives if you look at them how many are just one i try not to say that how many is just like like some sort of weird fanboy would in a tweet um <laughs> where like how many of them are just bethesda games that were going to be only next gen there is that bought? yeah and then if you think about that like then if you take that away what was really there? and now i, I know mm. that it's like just looking into the weeds of that stuff but there were just two things that sort of like sony have a history of like keeping stuff going where microsoft was just like get out get it in the bin let's go we need a new <laughs> version of we need a Scale new version of work trash it clip it Get throw in the pit of Clippy, they're never coming back. <laughs> and um, as we move to like, uh, and if you think like, I love Returnal, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't bother with Ratchet and Clank, but if you think about these get and uh, Demon Souls, I thought was great. But mm-hmm. if you look at those games, what was what was making what meant that they could only be on the PS5? I, I don't think there was really much that couldn't maybe yeah. like longer loading times or some reduction of environments or something like that. But I don't mm-hmm. really think there was anything that was that hard line. I don't think we've had anything like the hard line, like sort of thing, like even the medium, which is such a weird game to be only on next gen when the reason for that is because they couldn't render the two worlds significantly on all Which they don't even do like, that much of in that game. Yeah. Like it looks good when they do. On but last hardware. Yeah, that's a real, that's a, that's, I think to drill it down is one of my fundamental kind of, it's not necessarily an active disappointment, but I'm just a bit like, oh, we're going to wait a bit longer for this. Like I just, and where, like, where, you know, where are the games that do what you said that fully showcase what the systems can do? To bring it full circle to the point where I, it, it may sound like I was going to ignore it, but with the God of War and Horizon stuff, mm-hmm. it, they feel, they, it's weird. I, I'm not a scientist, right? And I'm, I'm not someone who actually <laughs> makes video games. No, either, no, I'm not a scientist. Because I'm not that clever. But like, it seems like they'd be, you've got to make these decisions a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, I don't know if we're losing out much, but then that seems like, am I being too diplomatic again where <laughs> we should have the new stuff or, because right now I'm not really chomping at the bit for any, any of these games. I'll buy them all. Like, it's weird. I think we said on our most excited four games and then I did that podcast on not really bothered about anything at the moment <laughs> this year. Maybe. Just acceptance maybe, of it, yeah maybe stray and starfield that's about it but um mm-hmm. i think it's because i don't know because there was excitement for uncharted 2 right I was like, oh, uncharted 2 i can't wait for this game and like or the resistance series going forward when it was right. remastered you little but you know what i mean like th- there seems to be just more of it and we are we just too used to I'm not just saying this and crap on Xbox, the Sony mm. seal of equality, you know, the Nintendo seal of approval and that sort of thing we had. Are we just used to that level? And is it just, are we either spoiled? Are we just, what are they going to do next? And our generations like melding See, for me, away. Like, I think that it falls back into what you said before about like the, the generation turnover. But I think there's also a consumer side of it where you, you it's, these money, these systems cost a lot of money. They're quite rare. Like some people have taken a long time for them to get them and you buy into the new generation, whether that's a philosophical thing or you literally buy a thing that can do a thing that your previous system couldn't do. And then if that, you know, those games don't trickle out, then it, it, you do sort of sit there looking at it going like, well, I guess we're just waiting then. And um, obviously that is just, a, some of that is going to be a literal reality of the way that obviously the world is and everything and the chip shortage and the pandemic 
pandemic and delays and everything else. But I think that that is all part of, I guess, the general sort of feeling around Sony where it's like, okay, we've got third party exclusives. We're waiting for more stuff to come up. Um, and there was a, a new story this morning before we started recording saying that there is another major third party exclusive uh, yet to be announced. But again, it is third party. Um, and even the likes of the potential Metal Gear Solid remake, I don't know what that would be classed as because Blue Point are first party. Konami will be third. Um, to run down um, some first-party teams um, and what they're working on, um, you know, you've got Naughty Dog are putting The Last of Us remake together, but they'll be doing whatever their other thing is, potentially The Last of Us 2 Factions, uh, the Factions multiplayer stuff, and then maybe a new IP as well. Um, like I said, Bluepoint are potentially doing the Metal Gear Solid remake, or they're doing something else. Fire Sprite are doing Horizon Call of the Mountain, Media Molecule are still supporting Dreams, Insomniac are doing Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine, um, Sucker Punch are at the minute supporting uh, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, but they'll have either a Ghost of Tsushima sequel or something Something else, but all those things are at least one more year in the oven. Like there's the Knights of the Old Republic uh, exclusive, but again, it's third party, and again, it's probably not going to be here this year. So it is just that feeling of like, okay, you've bought the new system, um, there'll be stuff to play on it, but it's not coming from the company that actually sold you the system in the first place. Going back to uh, you know God of War Horizon for a second as well, I think for me personally, you know, we've had this conversation so many times on YouTube videos <laughs> and podcasts and whatever. Uh, for me personally, like like Roy said, you know, the decision to make those cross-platform wouldn't have been a last-minute thing. I know it seems no. more like that for Gran Turismo. I like that for Gran Turismo. Like, yeah. yeah, I feel like for God of War and for Horizon especially, like Horizon must have been in development since you know, 2017, you know, maybe mm -hmm. pre-production started then. Like that's been in the oven a long time. So that being a PS5 exclusive to begin with anywhere, even if it was, it wouldn't have been that advanced, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. It would have been like an early um, exclusive. It would have been an early next-gen game. And there's only so much you can do with that, even if you look back to something like Infamous Second Son, which was impressive, but it wasn't a Last of Us Part Two or a Ghost of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of partly why I've, I'm have i default excited for them. You know, I'm not blown away by them. But also, I just think it's that when Horizon came out and when God of War 2018 came out, they were so brand new. You know, Horizon mm -hmm. was pretty much the first time Sony did an open-world RPG esque thing from a first party studio yeah. and when god of war came out that was an entire reinvigoration of a franchise that was something that you know and loved updated modernized played completely differently had a completely different story had mm -hmm. a completely different set and it was new inherently with god of war ragnarok with horizon forbidden west that newness has at least for me washed away somewhat mm. and i'm not excited about them because they're novel again I've, we've mentioned this before but there's just a sense that i kind of know what they are i know mm -hmm. they're more known quantities than when they were first you know launching i think that inherently saps some of the um excitement for me especially when that's bundled with the fact that i'm looking at them both and i'm not as of yet seeing the jump from Uncharted 1 to Uncharted 2 with yes. these two games. I'm seeing more Uncharted 2 to Uncharted 3 with them, which is still going to be very good, and I'm mm -hmm. definitely not crapping all over them, but that definitely changes your expectations when it comes to levels of hype, for instance. Yeah, man, because did you guys have that feeling when you saw there was that stupid thing that blew up, well, don't say blew up, there was like 10 people in a hashtag online complaining about the same boat animation in God of War Ragnarok, and that yes, became the, that was like the puddle gate of God of War. F that into the dirt, but that overall conversation around, like you said, them 
being sort of foregone conclusions or you're looking at the gameplay for Ragnarok and going like, okay, this is very similar to 2018, as it should be. It's a sequel. But at the same time, not feeling like it was made with the PS5 in mind. And like you're saying, it probably wasn't. They're, they're almost glorified PS4 games in the best way possible. Um, but for me, I think it is just that feeling of like, that's going to take over. And like I said, it's that acceptance thing of just, this is the best we can get out of the gaming industry from this company across 2022 um, with still leaving space for them to announce more stuff. I mean, all it'll take is a state of play saying that something's actually coming and it can drop in the second half of the year or whatever. Um, but there is, like, all those things do sort of, like, coalesce for me where it's just a feeling of, like, cool, another God of War. Um, a lot of the animations look the same. A lot of the feel looks quite similar. Graphically, it's not as much of an uptick as um, Horizon is. Um, and that's, that's just a weird feeling. It sounds like absolute moaning, which it is, but still. There is one thing I wanted to um, jump at, mm-hmm. uh, whereas we have these cross-gen games and it's still very early, right? I feel like the reason why there's less excitement is because they're sequels. But then I think back to like early PS4 and us, and we've got like um, a bunch of games that were on last gen, which came out on that gen as well. Like say, I'm thinking about Metal Gear Solid, The Phantom Pain. I'm thinking about Wolfenstein, The New Order. And I'm thinking about um, Shadow of Mordor. Mm-hmm. I think because they were all like, they all felt, even though Metal Gear was another Metal Gear, but they all felt like brand new because they Imagine. weren't, we didn't really have other versions of them in a way. That's why, yeah. But like um, we had those new games there, and even though there were older game versions, like no one really paid attention to them apart mm. from like the millions of obviously bought them. But in the great sphere, that's that all felt new, and that all felt like the next gen thing. But if you think about, it, we're all playing last gen up res stuff, which we kind of will be again in certain aspects. But I think because it's just, I don't know whether it takes too long for these games to come out now. Hence why they're not making a third God of War in this sort of like sphere as it would be, and hopefully we go and beat up some pharaohs after this. But like, I feel like because they're so... (laughs) One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Closely tied to the other versions. And like, I imagine if we didn't have 
what's going on right now? And then like Horizon was already out and everything like that. Would it mm-hmm. all feel, would it all be more forgiven if it happened the year before and things like that? It's forgiven in a weird way. But I think because uh, I was trying to think like, why didn't any of us feel that way back then when these older, ge- these games were crossed then? And I think mm-hmm. maybe it's just because they're not, oh, these see. are so heavily sequels. Mm-hmm. I'll see for me like the start of the last the eighth generation like it it was the it was nigh on the exact same feeling of waiting for it to kick in like I remember doing the games of the year back in 2014 and it was just PT was number one because it was like well there is Dragon Age Inquisition there is like Shadow of Mordor but it was still waiting for stuff and then all of a sudden 2015 it was Bloodborne Metal Gear Solid 5 Fallout 4 The Witcher 3 and it, and then we were away and then 2015 all the way through to 2020 um was rock solid um and so and like even... I'm kind of waiting for that to happen again yeah and even though Metal Gear Solid Five felt so new in that gen, it was a mm. like I was saying, like, it was a last thing game. It's just it's a weird thing for me to get my head around. I don't know why. It's not. It's just like they're gonna they're gonna come around. They'll they'll pop through my letterbox, and then I'll be then I'll be in those games, and I'm probably gonna <laughs> love them. I, I, I all for all three of us probably are gonna mm. be in them and enjoy them to some extent. I won't say love because you know no, no one knows what could happen. They can have yeah. Valkyrie fights, but there's gonna be that point. I think it's just thing we need, it needs to click, and when it does, and then when we get like Dying Light Two and these other things, and we're mm. playing Dying Light Two for how many years is five hundred hours? <laughs> when we get to that point, on your way I to Moscow, we'll be there then. We just need a jump start in a weird way. Mm. I think there's something in what you were talking about there, Roy, with the reality of these games taking as long as they do, kind of makes your expectations go much larger than what you might have in previous generations where the turnaround was a little bit quicker. I think if Horizon Forbidden West came out in 2020, for instance, on the PS4, Mm. we would have maybe been more excited or maybe more forgiven that it doesn't look like a huge, huge, huge jump up because it hasn't been a five-year wait. It It doesn't need to be. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been an entire generation sitting out after one game and then you know releasing on brand new hardware i think when you go from uncharted one to two to three and even into the last of us you know uncharted three and last of us being made at the same time like the it the process of iteration feels more forgivable because you're getting them on a much faster turnaround and you Mm. don't expect these huge jumps you don't expect these huge revolution of ideas and mechanics in the same way that you do if you wait five years for a game six years for a game seven years for a game well the thing is like two yeah, something that goes uh, hand in hand with that is that I feel like they very much announced the PS5 alongside with like with this stuff. Like that original God of War teaser um, made it out to be a PS5 game. It was very much like this is the next generation. You've got all these things coming up, and then finding out that they're cross uh, compatible obviously makes business sense and obviously just is the reality of the world. But I feel like that also factors into a lot of the expectation. It's like you know, because God of War like 2018 seminal game, the follow up to that, now on next generation hardware. Oh my God, what that what's that going to be? Well, it's kind of just uh, like an up res ps4 game like it's like when cyberpunk came out and we're still waiting for the proper next gen version of it and it's like that kind of feeling um and it's not to take away from the quality of these games they're still going to be absolutely stellar i think there's just that feeling of sony as a company um sort of trying to roll with as many punches as possible where at least on the microsoft side i mean switch nintendo are off on an island all their own doing their own thing here's a game from 1985 on the switch monthly service but you know the way that uh, sony are doing stuff to sort of like bring it all back to them as a company and how they feel i guess that's that I can, I can bounce that back out as a question like how do you guys feel about sony as a a company right now because i I can point to things where i I feel like they're floundering 
for me, it's I'm, I'm more sympathetic towards them because, like you said, yeah. you know, they are rolling with a lot of punches. You know, I'm sure most of their plans for this year and last year, you know, weren't intended or weren't mm. what they wanted. And it's just been in response to the pandemic, in response to the chip shortage, mm-hmm. in response to not being able to put PS5s in houses and stuff. And for me, it does make me more sympathetic. And I do like that they've at least supplanted that with third-party exclusives you know we mentioned the fact that they have the three big cross-chain games but to their credit you know they still have signed those deals with second party signed those deals yeah. with third party to get stuff like uh, forspoken and final fantasy 16 etc etc out on the ps5 this year or out on a sony console Sifu as well, to to that Sifu exactly yeah or ghostwire tokyo that weird um, holdover from <laughs> that'll the be the first deal. one that goes yeah totally totally but the fact that they have those like for me it's a strong slate it is a strong mm. slate just it is telling that they've had to supplant the uh first party studios and um, with second and third parties to get those ps5 exclusive games out and that's mm. not necessarily a problem that is them rolling with the punches it's just it's just intriguing to talk about i hope this isn't being perceived as as me saying it's a bad year for sony you know they need to no pluck themselves up or anything it's just it's fascinating it's watching companies like this mm-hmm. deal with these huge extenuating circumstances and shift their plans seemingly on the fly. I think, yeah, I think multiple things can be true. Like, I think it can be a bit disappointing that the, the next generation in full hasn't kicked off yet, but also mm-hmm. you can be massively thankful for God of War Horizon and Gran Turismo all in the same year and on a system that will more than do them justice. Like, I think both those things are, can be true. It's not that what we're getting is bad. It's just that I think, it, well, I can just speak for myself. I had bigger expectations for where we would be more than a year into the generation, but I also didn't think we'd still be in the pandemic. So it just you kind of <laughs> got to just roll with those budgets. Yeah. And... I'd like to say that also there doesn't seem to be much of a land grab of significance in people's eyes with the Sony stuff. We seem mm. to be sort of hobbling out of what was left or what what is now like the the proper Jim Ryan era, whereas like <laughs> you got Microsoft buying um, uh, Bethesda and everything like that. And as uh, one Nibel has just put out on Twitter that they're nearing the end, they're nearing a deal to buy Activision. Microsoft. Okay. What? Let's react, that react to that in real very time. Big. Is that you have to right imagine. Now? You have to imagine that now that comes with all the Blizzard stuff, and then it just locks more. Like think of how close PlayStation are with Call of Duty right now, and their marketing and all that sort of gimmicks. And then this is just happening. And as I've put that bombshell out there and sort of maybe derailed <laughs> what's happening, I'm that's, now that's over, a- like. We can be doing. It's going to come to Game Pass. Yeah, I was going to say we could do a couple of minutes reacting to this. So this comes from. Um, well, I was going to say uh, Bloomberg themselves, but someone called Walter Bloomberg, who's been shared around, saying that Microsoft are nearing a deal to buy Activision, according to the Wall Street Journal, um, which is a hell of a thing. We can do a couple. Josh Brown, what's your immediate thoughts on well, my, Xbox my, my, owning your tracer bullets, mate? Carry on. My my, my immediate thought is that we need to do a, a <laughs> news on this. As yes. as we finish doing the podcast, but um, but also just in the moment, like for me, I. Think think that i mean it's it's difficult right because i Mm. don't like the idea of a monopoly of one company just owning absolutely everything on the other hand i think activision is an absolute trash company who is just like not making good games (laughs) is not doing anything when it comes to sorting out the horrifying allegations inside of the uh studios that they own and it's like they are at an all-time low and if this acquisition leads to better a better working environment and it leads to better games mm. like sure because i have no faith in activision as a company as they currently are with their own autonomy 
That's that's this again. Like, this is this is even if anything, this is more of an Xbox conversation because it is Microsoft. But that's a very very valid point. They would all of a sudden be uh, represented by. They'd have to be part of the Xbox brand. They would answer to Phil Spencer. They would have to have all these different quality checks um, in mind that they don't have. There was that whole thing where Phil Spencer said that they have changed the way they do things after all the allegations yeah. and everything came out uh, in terms of their working relationship. If the solution to that is them going, actually, we'll just take it over and do it ourselves, then maybe that does work out better. But that's madness, to be fair. And what what is the last time? What was the last deal that Sony did where we were blown away? Not saying like it should, everyone should be throwing their money around and we should take to the top until we just go so far. Like wait, they, they bought Fire Sprite, and then before that, they bought. Um, I'm trying to think of that fighting league, or what is it called? Oh, uh, the esports stuff. Like, yeah, the esports yeah. stuff. Like there's and they bought. Um, uh, I, that they get the studio that did Demon Souls. Um, <laughs> Blue point. Blue point. Yes. No, Blue but point. overall, Blue point, that was a. Oh, sorry. I was just saying one thing that's that, like that would have been a mad deal, but yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They they do what deals they can, but that's always the absolute brass tax money side of it. If you literally just top up what each, what each company has access to, Microsoft and the Xbox wing of Microsoft has access to a hell of a lot more money than Sony PlayStation, and they can do these ridiculous deals um that's kind of the, the massive disparity between the amount of money thrown at bethesda versus the amount of money thrown at insomniac for example um but like yeah that's the thing if that's a potential future for the company um that you guys does make it relevant to the playstation side of things because if this is true then um i wonder just how much you know microsoft or xbox sees an opportunity um and sees a sony that are very much reacting to what they've what they're doing because another th- the next thing we were going to talk about um is a couple of patterns that have su- uh, surfaced again about backwards compatibility and cloud streaming on playstation and the fact that ps3 games are showing up on the playstation store which very much and you know, we know that they're doing the the um the codename spartacus program which is their version of game pass um but like i said i mentioned the word floundering because it feels like sony are always looking at the competition always reacting to what's going on which is fine if you have enough time to turn those things around but if my Microsoft slash Xbox spent the last uh, nine years planning every single part of this, um, you know, planning the Bethesda acquisition, planning Game Pass, planning cloud streaming, and then also getting Activision, then them trying to chase with copies of Prince of Persia and Bejeweled 3 is going to do very little. 100%, man. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> Microsoft has... We've got PSVR, guys. ...resources, and, and Sony just can't fight them on that front. Like, no. the, the wall of money that Ian Microsoft has to throw <laughs> at Xbox is Michael. ridiculous. So we've seen already Sony trying to be smarter with their acquisitions. They have bought smaller studios in comparison to huge publishers like uh, Microsoft's been doing, you know, but that's still, I think, still being valuable for them. Like mm. Roy was kind of saying, like you were alluding to there, Scott, you know, I don't want to see some kind of like big land grab of suddenly everyone is panicking and trying to just buy up everything. I don't think that is going to be healthy, even though it is exciting to talk about. Mm. For me, I'd like to see them investing in respected trustworthy partners like insomniac who can come in and make you like three amazing games Mm -hmm. in two years you know what i mean like that's a very smart acquisition you you could make i want to see you can make you can make sorry i just jumped in you can make amazing games like that right or you could just go around and uh, Phil Spencer could become Daniel Plainview and just starts drinking their milkshake all around them <laughs> until they eventually just have to put Game Pass on their machine. It's just, it, it's just like Phil looks at something and goes, what's this? Why don't I own this? And then he gets on a horse and then he rides across country or wherever, wherever the office is and he goes, come on, what, how many coins? X bazooka. 
the thing is, yeah. like, it's interesting with this because I we did a, 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 a again times a flat circle, but I did a predictions thing a couple of years ago, predictions for the new generation, and I I thought this. I thought that if we're dealing with libraries of content, Game Pass style, you're dealing with with exclusive contracts, whether they're timed stuff or whatever. That for me only only makes me think of a future in gaming where every company is going, okay, we need to lock down as much stuff as possible because we're dealing with a monthly rollout pr uh, program or a monthly rollout model, um, and that'll be more like the old school where more franchises were platform exclusive because it only bolsters the reason for you to invest in that system. So I think this is the way that we're going. And I think that this is maybe the wider battle plan that Microsoft's had all along, um, just locking everything down to their you know, the Game Pass system and the monthly stuff and Game Pass Ultimate and different tiers of um, of affording things like they did in Forza, where they sort of made retail numbers and they had the Game Pass subscriptions alongside. Um, I wonder if that's the thing. Um, to bring it back to Sony, uh, like I said, they've got patents for backwards compatibility um, and the cloud streaming oh, stuff. Uh... Oh, hello. It's official. No <laughs> way, is it? Yeah, it's on Microsoft. It's on Microsoft. Oh my Dude, god! What the fuck? It's, they've just got Activision Blizzard and King. That is that insane. is insane. That That's is actually insane. insane. That's insane. Oh my. Oh. Well, there you go. There's live reactions. <laughs> this is like why? This is this is. This is exactly, man, like probably what they wanted. They, they they just changed a podcast all about PlayStation to be about Microsoft now because this is... they just slapped their water money down. <laughs> Why? Why would you buy King? Why, <laughs> Why would you buy the Clash of Clans, lads? What's the point? Well, it's funny, man, because it, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll talk about this probably in another podcast, dissecting it for the entire year. But I mean, that comes hot from the heels of Take Two buying <laughs> a, a giant mobile company as well, you know? So it's just like, yeah, I guess. Uber up everyone, I suppose. I'm just taking a photo there because I've got to get our faces on that. We'll deal with this in an upcoming news, which will likely be on the channel by the time this podcast goes out, because we'll be having this thing up live ASAP because, yeah, this is insane. But like Josh says, every move they're making is very much skewering Sony slash PlayStation to the wall. Um, it's this is, this is like a master plan at the end of like the third <laughs> act of the movie uh, where the person has planned everything the entire time, because I guess we always thought they were going to take uh, the last generation lying down, but... Every beat of this um, is absolutely and insane. All of this is going to come in Game Pass. All of the, all of their previous games. Xbox will, just World, bought. Will, will World of Warcraft be on Game Pass? Well, so there's a list. There's a list on the graphic. They've just bought Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, LOL, and StarCraft. Four out of six of them are absolutely huge. I know the Candy, Candy Crush still has its fans and everything, but Call of Duty now belongs to Xbox. That is. They own, they own one of the biggest gaming franchises of all time in just the Call of Duty. And then they have that massive back catalogue of great stuff that have been put out in the past. This is. <laughs> I mean, I'm not I did have. For this. No. I'm not prepared to, to riff on this. I'm not good one... with improvisation. I cannot take something no, of this, this is... magnitude. This is all it needs to be. The one last point I had was PlayStation VR 2. Do you want to attempt to do that? <laughs> who cares? But who cares? Who's my most excited thing about the entire year? Who cares? Microsoft owns Call of Duty. Xbox. Ex... Call of Duty is an Xbox franchise now. I, I think that's it. I think Remember... that's. I think that's actually it. I don't think we can say anything more. No, to be honest. We'll, um, we will wrap the hell up. Uh, come find us. Come across to the YouTube channel. We're going to do a, a massively reactive news to this, and we'll pick this up apart going forward. Um, because as we, as you've clearly heard, we've tried to react to arguably the biggest news in gaming history, and we've done as best as we can. So for now, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. 
I drink your milkshake. <laughs> they are slurping. And Josh Brown. <laughs> I don't know what I'm, 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 I'm speechless. I am this has speechless been PlayStation voice. Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.